Let me take a minute and talk about Molly Spirits. Have you ever walked into a liquor store and when you get in there, you have no idea about all the brands you're looking at? And then to make it even worse, you can't find anybody to give you a recommendation. Well, that's the exact opposite experience you will have at Molly's Spirits. They take great pride in always having people available to help you choose the perfect liquor or beer or wine. And no matter what the occasion, they have all of your known favorites, but also a really unique selection of beers, wines, and spirits that may become your new favorite drink. Whether it's an in-house sommelier to help pick out that perfect bottle of rosé or a beer expert to introduce you to a local brewery with a fantastic new IPA, maybe to somebody to show you Colorado whiskeys that will become your new go-to, Molly's takes pride in making sure you leave as a satisfied customer and wanting to come back for more. Check them out at one of their three locations. They're in Lakeside at 44th and Harlan, in DTC in the Arapaho Marketplace next to Sprouts, and now introducing their new location, which is in Longmont at Ken Pratt and Main Street, located in the Parkway Center. And remember, all of the stores deliver right to your front door. Do yourself a favor. Ditch the impersonal feel of those warehouse-type liquor stores and give Molly's a try. I promise you, you'll love it. A huge selection with the personal feel and touch of a neighborhood business you will love. To learn everything Molly's has to offer and their fantastic staff favorites, just check them out at mollyspirits.com. Molly Spirits, a land of adult beverage discovery. Episode of the Dave Logan Podcast with Julie Browman. We've got another giveaway courtesy of Boyer's Coffee. A club seats, nice. pair of tickets, thanks to Boyer's for the upcoming Diamondbacks game on August 21st. How long do you think it takes for us to get into the QB battle at Broncos training camp? I honestly, I wanted to start off the podcast without talking about the quarterback battle at training camp. And now you've lapsed into the quarterback yeah, battle at training camp. Yeah, but we started differently. Nice. Than and how does this competition affect the rest of the team? What do you do then? you got to play your first-team offensive line. So now, all of a sudden, in preseason, you're getting those guys more work than you really should. You're taking a risk of somebody getting nicked. Dave talks when athletes know when to end their career. It just gets to the point, I think, where athletes at that level have to come to the conclusion that, you know what, I'm just, I'm worn out, and maybe this is just, it's just not for me. And Julie may have a new profession. You should be a counselor. That was a little touchy-feely. Yeah, that was... I feel like I owe you $125, and now you just put the pad down and say, you have to stop now. Yeah, you've had your hour. All that and more on this episode of the Dave Logan Podcast. This is the Dave Logan Podcast. And welcome back to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brown, podcast number 89. Favorite Hello. favorite NFL player that wore eighty nine, and mm. go. Did you say Otis Taylor? Oh my God, I love Otis Taylor. Otis Taylor was my guy growing up as a young football player in uh, middle school and high school. Was uh-huh. a great receiver for the Chiefs. Spatted my shoes like Otis Taylor. I mean, he was he was like my favorite receiver growing up as a kid did you have a jersey no you know what we no i didn't i didn't have anybody's i never had a jersey never had a jersey of an nfl player i don't even know honestly they weren't like readily available back then Mm -hmm. so no did you ever have anybody else's autograph um i had johnny unitas's autograph because he and i told that story he and the baltimore colts for some 
unknown reason, even today, trained in the preseason one year at the School of Mines. Now, why the Baltimore Colts would train in Golden, Colorado? That seems odd. I don't even know. But they were there, and I got Johnny Unitas's autograph. And then I've told the story before, Raymond Berry. Of course, I loved him as a kid, too, mm-hmm. as a receiver. I got his, and then my first year in the league, Lo and behold, Raymond Berry was my receiver coach with the Cleveland Browns. Did you tell him? Like, I did. I did. <laughs> he acted like he remembered, but I know he didn't. Now, do you still have those autographs? I do. Really? Yep. yep. I sure do. Are they do. displayed? Are they displayed? Yeah. No. No. They're in a box. I don't... You don't frame autographs, do you? Do you actually um, I have frame a John autographs? Elway signed jersey in my den. Well, there's a little bit of a difference because that is a jersey. Right. Do you have like a framed autograph at the place that you <laughs> rest your head at night? I do not. Okay. I do not. So it is podcast number 89. Uh, by the way, we are giving away a pair of tickets, a club seats, nice. pair of tickets, thanks to Boyers, for the upcoming Diamondbacks game on August 21st. And the way to do this is go to the DaveLoganPodcast.com, hit contact, and just put in your favorite NFL broadcaster. Just put it in because it's going to lead to our next question. Yeah, and let's exclude me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, it can't be Dave. No. The Dave Logan Podcast. Your favorite NFL broadcaster. And if you've never been to a Rockies game and sat in club seats, trust me on this, you will want to go. I know the we food thank, is... We thank Boyers for yes, sure. Yes, we do. Did you see... I know he did it last year, but Aqib Tlaib and Gus Johnson are calling six to seven games on Fox. I yeah. never saw Aqib do that last year. I just think he would be crazy, crazy I did. entertaining. I did. Was he Was he good? Yeah, he's he's very good. He's... Um, and Aqib is one of my uh, favorite players. I thought um, I thought he was great with the Broncos. Uh, and and I, I guess I would say he's an acquired taste. There's some people that don't don't really like him. But but what he did, I and I, I didn't see one complete game, but I saw a couple series of a game he was doing. As you remember Aqib Tlaib, how he would talk when he was interviewed, that's exactly how he calls a game. That's exactly <laughs> the color commentary he provides. Oh, oh yes. I think he's highly entertaining. Very. Uh, I would love a chance to work with him, you know, do a game on TV for sure. Do you remember, gosh, I feel like somewhere in your 30 years of doing the Broncos, didn't they have like a guest color person with you? They did. Um, when I first started doing play-by-play, which was 1996, uh-huh. I did all the road games. I did the play-by-play. And they changed out my color analyst every single game. I think I remember that. Which, you know, is a challenge but for a guy who's just breaking in doing play-by-play, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you didn't have any idea what you were going to get. So, yeah, that's – I wouldn't want to do that again. But he's he'll be very entertaining. Yeah. Okay. So I just – you know what? I honestly, I wanted to start off the podcast without talking about the quarterback battle at training camp. And now you've lapsed into the quarterback yeah, battle at training camp. Yeah, but we started differently nice. than everybody else. Did you else. say Aqib Tlaib is working with Gus Johnson? Yeah. Uh, I think Gus Johnson's one of the really good play-by-play guys we have in football. He's been doing it. I mean, for a he's long a time. Lead, he's a lead analyst mm-hmm. on Fox. I yeah. mean, analyst. He's a lead play-by-play guy in Fox. Yeah, I like his voice. So if I'm Soothing. a Keeb or a Keeb's agent, I'm mm-hmm. feeling pretty good that they're putting my guy with him. I feel like a Keeb has potential to say something where you look at your friend, and you're like, "What?" Yeah. I mean, and 
I, I feel like Akib has the potential to say something that he could be fired for immediately. <laughs> exactly. And I love Akib. I mean, I love him, but yeah. it, it'll be entertaining for God, sure. I want to watch that game. Okay, so let's get into the Broncos training camp. I believe there are five practices in. Um, we have to start. Have you been out there yet? Yeah. I know you're sk- okay. Yeah. So did you get out there on a Teddy day or did you get out there on a Drew I day? I got out there on both. Okay. We were out there for the opening day, and uh-huh. then I went this past Saturday okay. and watched practice. That was um, a Drew day, right? You know what? Yes. Yes. What strikes me about, and this has been coming on for years, but what strikes me about training camp in 2021 is how, I won't say little they do, but it's just different. It's just different. Um, It's just different than what I was used to. We were in full pads. The first day. Again, right? I mean, we drove to the practice field in covered wagons and... (laughs) You know, um, no, but the water breaks and all that, th- those are all things that are uh, necessary these days that we didn't have. But it's just, it's just so different than what I was used to. And I think this, I think I would say play in the NFL last year during the pandemic. I was surprised and also astonished that they got every single game in. They didn't have to cancel one game. But the overall play in the NFL given the fact that with the COVID-19 protocols, you couldn't really meet with your players, you couldn't really practice, you couldn't, I mean, you couldn't do anything that you're used to doing. You couple that with the collective bargaining agreement and now what it allows teams and coaches to do with their players, and I've said this before, you know, you can have, I don't know if they've increased this by one because they've increased regular season games, But last year, when they had 16 regular season games, you could have 14 padded practices for the entire year. That's almost impossible um, to get a team ready to play and and not to take a step back somewhere. And I think where they took the step back was, not necessarily the Broncos, but generally speaking, was tackling. I thought it was a horrible year in the NFL for tackling. You had more missed tackles than I can ever remember. So... Football is a game that has to be, you know, you, you don't have to go out and kill each other twice a day in practice in full pads. You don't have to do that. You don't have to go full go. But there has to be, you have to have an ability to pad your players up and to set the tempo and to create thud and and try to, uh, as I said, create the tempo that is as close to game speed as you possibly can. That's one place the league, I think, is very good in terms of how most, if not all, teams practice. There's a real sense of urgency. But in terms of offensive line blocking and defensive line, you know, hand placement and just tackling in general, um, I think it's a real challenge, more so than ever before, for coaches in the NFL to get their best play on Sundays. So it's day six. So tomorrow they'll get to be in pads. Can we take the first then five days because they weren't practicing with pads and, you know, every other day it's like people are scoring Teddy and they're scoring Drew. How much attention should we pay to that without pads, given that there's a game against Minnesota coming up August 14th? Yeah, I've said on on the show that I do in Denver, I think that where else were you going to do it? New Orleans? Well, I've I've done one in New Orleans. Okay. Yeah. So you think, do you think everybody that listens to this podcast is in Denver? No, actually there's people in Mexico that listen. People in Seattle. Right. So would they know, would you think people in Mexico would necessarily know that where I did the show? (laughs) I stand corrected. No, I'm glad you agree with me. (laughs) So, um, 
No, I, I think I, the quarterback position is like the head coaching position. Way too much attention paid to it. Way too much praise given when things are going good. Probably too much blame when things aren't going so good. So I want to see these guys in preseason. I mean, these two preseason games, and I don't even know how the Broncos will break down. Normally when you have four preseason games, uh, the third one of those four, you play your starters through about three quarters. And even some of them into the fourth quarter to get them acclimated to playing a full game. The, the last preseason game, your starters, some of them don't even put their pads on. Now, with three only, I don't, I don't know what that means. Do you do that with week two uh, against Seattle? Do you do that because you've got extra time off after the third preseason game? Do you do you play your starters in that game three quarters or so? And if so, that's the home, the only home preseason game the Broncos have, and that'll be against the Los Angeles Rams. But no matter how they break it down, I want to see these two quarterbacks um, playing games. You can only tell so much playing uh, in, in practice and throwing seven on seven and even in team drills. Quarterbacks, no, they're not going to get hit, right? I mean, tempos, maybe you try to up that as much as you can, but it's just totally different. So these are two really distinctly different quarterbacks in my mind. And because Teddy's captain checked down? Well, I mean, he sort of earned that moniker, you know, and Drew, again, we've talked about this. Drew led the league in turnovers. Um, he had the lowest completion percentage in the league of starting quarterbacks with more than five starts. So he's he's got to improve. Um, Long term, I think Drew is is the guy, but he has to go out and produce. And how long is how long is that rope? Drew, if Drew Brees, uh, Drew Drew Brees, if Drew if Drew Brees started, I th- I'd feel pretty good, even though he's like sixty. But if Drew Locke starts against the Giants and doesn't play well, I mean, does Teddy Bridgewater start the next week on the road against Jacksonville? I think the coaching staff they have to sit and and talk about all different scenarios. How are we going to handle this? And then ultimately, that's what the head coach gets paid the most money to do. He has to make a decision. Um, who he's going to go with. I, I believe this. This coaching staff is like any other coaching staff. Uh, coaches develop a predisposition about their players once they've coached them for a full year or two. All right, the staff has been here and Drew Locke's been here. So you know going into camp there's a predisposition of truly what the coaches feel about Drew Locke. Pat Shermer, Vic Fangio, they all – now they're not going to tell us, and they shouldn't, but – they know what they think about Drew Locke. What do you think that they think about Drew Locke? Well, I think if you're Vic Fangio, you think, I- I'd like him to be the guy, but damn, he's got to make better decisions. He can't turn the ball over. I'm going to get fired. I'm going to be coaching elsewhere in 2022 if we go with Drew Locke, and Drew Locke isn't better in that regard. He's got to be more efficient as a starting quarterback. He has to understand – um you know, managing a game and situational football, right? Again, I've used this example before. You you drive down on the opening drive and everybody's jazzed up and you've got a first down on, on the opponent's 20-yard line. Well, in the NFL, you you points are so hard to come by, and especially with this team the last few years, you can't give away three points. So on first and 10, as you roll out, and, and in this case, roll to the left, and you try to throw the ball back across your body and it gets picked off, those are things that that it's like it's like the cookie jar, the top of the cookie jar just blows off the top of 
the head of a coach. Mm-hmm. Can't do that. And he did it way too many times. Now, he's got talent that I think eclipses what Teddy Bridgewater can bring to this this team. He's got a better arm and he's a better athlete. But he's got to if if I'm Vic Knowing the situation I'm in and George Payton just got hired and he's my boss and he's got a six-year deal and this is year number one and we've had two lousy seasons and they kept me, I know I have to get to playoff competition in December. I've got to be in the mix. How many wins do I need to get there? I don't know. Maybe 10, 10 or 11. Okay. Which quarterback? I don't worry about long-term. Let George Payton worry about long-term. I'm going to worry about this year. Which quarterback gives me the best chance not to give the game away? And that, to me, will factor in the decision ultimately as to who starts. So if right now Vic Fangio is saying it's 50-50, and he, you know, they, they, make, they split 50-50 over the practices. There was maybe a thought that they were going to get maybe a 70-30 in alternate days, but Vic just said today, for the next three days, it's going to be 50-50. So let's just say it's it's even. So that Drew starts against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. What if Drew does well, then in the next week, for the next game, and if you're like, well, Teddy starts, doesn't that, that doesn't help Drew's progression. Do you know what I mean? Like, just well, because sure. Drew does well, does it? do you have to switch out to Teddy? Not, none of this is helping. Listen, none of this is helping in terms of one of these guys being the starter for this year. None of this except competition, is helping that guy, whomever becomes a starter, because you're taking you know, 40 or 50% less reps than you normally should take. Mm-hmm. And again, the example I use is Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning took all the reps in training camp. I mean, most guys, well, starters yeah. do. Yeah. That's just what they do. Um, and so to me, it would be beneficial to the Broncos to make the decision to who's a starter before the third preseason game. And at that point... Then it gets back into what what they normally do in the NFL. You're the guy. You're taking all the snaps. You're the second guy. Uh, make sure you do do stay in it mentally. Go through all your reps mentally when you're standing back watching the first team. That that's just how it works. It's not fair to the second team guy. But you're not worried about the second team guy until the first team guy either sucks or gets hurt. You're not worried about that second team guy. Okay. You're worried about that first team guy. So when you were out there, what were your impressions of both guys? I thought Saturday Drew had a had a good day. Threw the ball, was crisp, was accurate for the most part. Teddy had a couple of interceptions. One was a batted, was a tipped ball. That's going to happen. Um, but I thought Drew. I thought Drew had a better day. I mean, to me, my guess is they'll start Drew against Minnesota and see how he does. I'm anxious to see how they divvy up the snaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they'll probably start uh, Teddy against Seattle the next week in Seattle. Even if Drew does great, sure. Because if, if it's really a 50-50 competition and you, you say after practice nobody's really separated themselves and then you go into the Minnesota game and Drew does very well in the first half uh-huh. and Teddy comes in in the third quarter, but he's playing with second-team guys. Right. You're not playing your starters forever. Mm-hmm. you got to give – if it's really a 50-50 competition, you got to give Teddy an opportunity to play with that first team. So the first two weeks, I think you're going to have rotating starters. This is a guess. Nobody's told me that. But – Again, you got to balance it out, all right? When you let's say week two, you start Teddy against Seattle, he plays with the first team offense. They play, you know, I don't know, quarter and a half, and Drew comes in. Okay, wait, it's not your normal backup quarterback. I mean, backup quarterbacks in preseason play with backup offensive linemen and backup wide receivers and backup everybody. 
because if he gets hurt, you know, you hope he doesn't get hurt, but if he gets hurt, he's the backup quarterback. Not this year with the Broncos, right? So if Drew Locke comes in, you know, late in the second quarter, do you then, as I said a couple of weeks ago, what do you do then? You got to play your first team offensive line. So now all of a sudden in preseason, you're getting those guys more work than you really should. You're taking a risk of somebody getting nicked. Uh, it's just, it's not a good, it's not a good, easy situation. There's no easy answer to this. And that position affects everybody else, not only in the game, but how much they play and how many reps they get. And it just does. That's my next point is that it doesn't help. Like if you talk about the other offensive weapons, talking about the wide receivers and Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, I mean, they also are paying a bit of price because they're not getting consistency with the starter. When you look at those two, is it fair to expect? I mean, last year was, you know, Jerry Judy had a lot of drops and Cortland was hurt. But from where he was chosen in the draft, is it fair to expect that Jerry Judy should become the number one wide receiver sooner rather than later? Well, defined sooner rather than later this year. I mean, like, like making a push this year. I think here's here's what in my book is fair to assume that Jerry Judy is going to have a much better year this year. And I didn't think he had a horrible season. I mean, statistically, mm -hmm. the issue for me was the number of drops. I think and most Bronco fans would would agree with that. I mean, there has to be there has to be a real sense of urgency as a wide receiver when you have the ball thrown to you. And I played in an era that. You know, they didn't throw the ball as much. So when the ball is in the air, you better find a way to go get the ball. These guys had the luxury, not just Jerry Judy, but anybody in the NFL, they had the luxury of getting 10, 12, 14 targets a game. So if you drop a couple, you know, in their mind, you, you have to you have to battle that sort of mindset. Well, I had 14 targets. I caught nine. I had two drops. That can't be a good game for you. If you get on the bus thinking, you know, I had nine catches for 130 yards and a score, I feel pretty good about that. What you should get on the bus thinking is, you know what? Damn. I mean, I had two drops. And if that doesn't eat at you, if that doesn't piss you off to where you're like, I mean, then you're, you're, you're to me, you're not made of the right stuff. And that's where, you know, the receiver coach, Zach Azani, comes in. And that's a mindset that for young cats, sometimes you got to make them aware of that. Hey, man. Listen, you're not in scholarship anymore. This is the NFL. Mm -hmm. So to Jerry Judy's credit, and we did talk to him after that first practice, I said, give me a couple of things that you worked on in the offseason after year number one. He said, ball catching. He said, strength of my hands. I had to, which those are two good answers, right? I was sitting there. We weren't face to face. But when he said that, I smiled because you know what? That's what the hell you should be working on. Ball catching and strength. Wide There's never been a good wide receiver in the NFL that doesn't have, I mean, really strong hands. You might not have the biggest hands, whatever, but the strength of your hands as an NFL wide receiver is of paramount importance. And so to hear him say he worked on that. So, yeah, I think he's, I mean, he's terrific route runner. Terrific. I mean, great feet, uh, good hips getting into and out of better breaks. Better than Cortland? Oh, he's a better, he's, he's, He's a different style receiver. He's got he's got an ability. I mean, Cortland is a big, physical, fifty-fifty ball catcher. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if I get him, if I'm inside the twenty-five and I look out and I got single safety high and I look out there and I got one-on-one, -on -one, I'm going to give him a shot to go get it. But I would like to see them do that more with Cortland than they have. You get single coverage out there, 
have an ability to check the play and let him go get it because that's where he's at his best. Judy is a route runner. Judy is a double move guy. Judy is a, you know, and, and what Judy has to fight really, you know, for anybody who looks like Jerry Judy and runs routes like Jerry Judy, I'll tell you how the defense, I mean, they look at you running routes on film and they're like, man. And then they look at, you know, how quick you are and all that. And they say, man. And then when the game plan comes, they say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to beat the hell out of him. We'll see how he likes it at the line of scrimmage, getting pressed coverage all the time. You know, defensive backs and the other team are saying, hey, we, we're going to be so physical because most of them are stronger and bigger than Jerry Judy, right? So they play to their strengths. But, yeah, I think Judy can be – I would say he's going to have a really, really good year and be a much more consistent ball catcher. I'm optimistic that both those things are true. Yeah, that's exciting if that happens. Speaking of mindset, we're going to get into your brain. Coming Plenty up. of room in there. Mm, a little bit. Plenty of room. But first, let's hear from a new sponsor. You know, we take great pride in the fact that we work with all Colorado companies on our podcast, and that continues with our newest sponsor, Dipper Legacy Cuts. Clint and Lauren Mundell, their two sons, also run this fifth-generation ranch that has been in the family for, it's been like 120 years. And if you want to know where your food is coming from, this is your answer. All of their beef is raised on the ranch in southeastern Colorado and is verified black Angus, antibiotic and hormone-free beef. And what a selection they offer. Their beef bundles include steak, burger boxes, or if you prefer, you can even customize your own bundle to satisfy everybody at your party. Let me give you an example of what we're talking about. Their Forks Custom Box Man, this is terrific. It includes burgers, a roast, choices of either short ribs, stew meat, or chicken fried steak. And when it comes to your steak, you get to choose from sirloin, strips, filet, T-bone, I love me a good T-bone, ribeye, flank, or skirt steak, all in the same package. And it's antibiotic, hormone-free beef that you know exactly where it came from. And their shipping system is also great. The beef is shipped frozen with dry ice right to your doorstep within two to three days of when you place your order. So the next time you're having a big event or maybe just having friends over for a Broncos game, make it a special day with an order from Dipper Legacy Cuts. Here's an idea. It can be delivered to your door for your Labor Day barbecue. How about that? Right now you can pre-order for delivery starting on August 30th. And if you use the promo code Dave Logan, you get a free pound of delicious ground beef included with your order. It's that simple. And keep in mind they don't take on more orders than they can source on site. And that means you're getting the freshest beef you can find anywhere. Order from their website, DipperLegacyCuts.com, and follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to learn more about this Colorado family business. Dipper Legacy Cuts, Colorado homegrown and Colorado proud. The Dave Logan Podcast can be found at iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Remember to download, and if you like what you hear, share with your friends and subscribe. Remember, you can log on to our website, thedaveloganpodcast.com. Go to the contact tab to ask us questions. We'll read them on the podcast. Most every question is fair game. Just keep it classy. It's thedaveloganpodcast.com, or you can send your question directly to us on Twitter, at DaveLoganPod or at JulieBrowman1. You know, we take great pride in the Dave Logan Podcast and telling you about unique Colorado companies. And believe me when I tell you, Boyer's Coffee is one of those. The legendary Rocky Mountain Roaster has been roasting coffee here at Altitude for over half a century. You're always guaranteed a smooth cup of coffee 
and a unique cup of coffee as well. You can enjoy flavors like their top-selling Aspen Gold or Breakfast Blend or a chocolate mousse or coconut cream coffee. How about buying a bag of organic French roasted coffee or their distinct smoky-flavored dark roast Rocky Mountain Thunder? See what we mean by unique? Just head to boyerscoffee.com. You can choose from their huge selection and also sign up for their emails to get exclusive offers and discounts. Or, if you'd like, check them out in person at their coffee truck and coffee cottage, which is located at 73rd in Washington. And remember, you can always find Boyers at your favorite supermarket, Walmart or Sam's Club. Welcome back to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan Julie Brownman, podcast number 89. We are not together in a room. We, we have to, sooner or later, start, although now with... Uh, you know the variant, the Delta variant. The Delta variant. Mm-hmm. Now, now we don't know. Maybe, maybe we're not going to get back together in the same room doing the podcast. Maybe it's a please Zoom podcast. God, please don't say that. Well, one day, yeah. one day we'll be together. Uh, did you see? I'm sure you did. That Jake Butt retired. Yes. So I thought that that was interesting. Remember when he first came, there was so much excitement mm-hmm. about him mm-hmm. and so much hype about him. Unfortunately, gosh, he was injured. You know most of the time that he was here, but I thought his comments were really interesting. Um, He basically said that he just didn't have passion for the game anymore that, you know, he wrote, it may be impulsive and some may wonder about it, but he lost his passion for the game and he's battled through that feeling for a long time. And now he can't ignore it. Yeah. He's a young guy to lose the passion. Is that all about not being able to be in his head, but, because he had to rehab all the time. Yeah, people that have never had to do it, I think, don't completely understand it. And how could they? How consuming trying to rehab a serious injury can be. Mm-hmm. It's it's all-encompassing. It just completely dominates your life. And I think it's also hard for a guy that um, he's trying to bounce back and he's trying to perform and then he actually was off to a pretty good start one year with the Broncos then he then he tears his knee up again in a non-contact drill just running in practice it just gets to the point I think where athletes at that level have to come to the conclusion that you know what I'm just I'm worn out Mm -hmm. I'm just I'm worn out and maybe this is just it's just not for me and so really talented guy great young guy Really enjoyed getting to know him a little bit. Um, you know, he first injured a knee in the bowl game his senior year in a game that a lot of guys opted out of, right? Yeah. And he, he gets hurt in that game and then two more ACL injuries in the NFL and, and sooner or later. And, and the league is so competitive, you know, that you to bounce back from one and then from two, but to come back from three, it's just really tough. And so I, I'll tell you this, though. I have any idea what he's going to do what his next step will be. But I'll tell you right now, Jake Butt will be successful doing whatever he decides to do. Yeah, he seemed pretty bright. Yep. So I wanted to transition from that into, I'm sure you talked about it on your 9 to noon show on KOA in Denver, um, Simone Biles and what you know happened when she withdrew. I think she's actually going to compete in the balance. She is. Okay. So I just, I was you know that there's a backstory to this. There's a lot that in every big story like this, we don't know all the facts. We know what she tells us. And then a lot of people like to speculate. I just was bummed out that she got so much criticism 
for she was trying to do something right for her. Mm-hmm. And it's a generational thing. It's not necessarily maybe what you would have done in your time. Maybe I would have done in my time, but it's it's more you're seeing that more mental health is is at the forefront. I was curious what you thought about the criticism about that or did you agree with the criticism and you know people are just saying she she failed to meet the moment. Maybe she did meet her the moment. Maybe she met her moment. You should be a counselor. That was a little touchy feely. Yeah, it? that was. I feel well, like I owe you one hundred twenty-five dollars, <laughs> and now you just put the pad down and say we have to stop now. Yeah, you've had your hour. Yeah, you know Simone, Simone Biles talked about some of the sexual abuse and sexual things that happened to her in her career. So I don't think anybody that hasn't been involved in things like that that hasn't had something like that happen to them would have any idea how that would affect her or any of these other young girls. I mean, I'm talking about the mental part of it. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. It's one thing, you know, we, we get caught up with sports and the toughness of sports and the, the mental determination and the, and the physical, you know, toll it takes. And there is a certain, there's a certain toughness that sports at, at any level, but the elite level in particular you have to have there's a physical toughness and there's a mental toughness mm-hmm. and it really does many many times it uh, you're tested on both both fronts but again I, I i just think i'm ill-equipped to try to get in her head and to uh, minimize maybe how she had been affected with all the sexual stuff that had gone on. I can't even imagine what that would have been like to deal with and then for it to come out and then to admit it happened. And then, I mean, I don't even know. And and anybody else that hasn't gone through it is is also ill-equipped. Um, I, I understand that some people that might not understand that or maybe they disagree with my point would look at it and say, because I've, I've heard people that have said this, well, you know what, if she didn't want to be in the team, she should have said that in the Olympic tryouts and let somebody else come. Well, maybe, I mean, just stop and allow yourself to think this. Maybe she didn't know that during the Olympic tryouts. Maybe when she got there, I mean, something happened. I'm not a mm-hmm. psychiatrist nor, nor a counselor, but to me, I, I, I choose to show grace to her. Um, I choose to not be judgmental of her. I'm disappointed that I didn't get a chance to see her do her thing. And maybe, you know, maybe had she been able to do her thing, uh, it would have been different for the U S team. But, um, I, I, I look at her and say, man, I hope, I hope you get things worked out in your mind because how old is she? 24. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, she's got a lot of life to deal with. And most of that is going to be without Olympics. So she's going to have to get to a point in her life that she finds some sort of a zone of comfort and solace, so to speak, where she can deal with all this stuff that has happened to her. I just, I just can't even imagine. So that's a long-winded way of saying, listen, I, uh, I understand the frustration that she didn't, she wasn't able to perform. But uh, for me, I say, okay, you know what? Do what you got to do to get yourself to a place that you feel good. Yeah, I just think we've been around long enough, and and in sports that you just know. I don't think it was a simple decision. I agree with you. I think something triggered it. Something happened. Because, yeah. of course, she would want to compete. She's trained her whole life for this. She does well financially. But had she had a 
great Olympics, like she was projected, she was going to make even more sure. money. So there's no reason she would want to. Plus, I think a lot of people, I think as we get older, we forget and it's easy for us to look. I think we do it when we watch an NFL game or NBA game, Major League Baseball, soccer, lacrosse, whatever, where we say, oh, man, I could do that. Or, you know, right. I mean, you're not hurt. Get up. And the reality is, and I say this respectfully, chances are, no, you couldn't. No, you couldn't do that. And, you know, it's, it's like MMA. I've got a couple friends. We, we watch UFC stuff all the time. And one of them, the, this last UFC card, is talking about the fight was stopped. And it's like, man, that guy was, that guy's soft. And I'm thinking, dude, have you have you ever, I don't know that you, and I said to him, I'm not sure you've ever been in a fist fight in your life. I mean, in your lifetime, right? We're having a couple drinks. It's like, oh, bullshit. I mean, I've, I've fought. I said, who did you fight? Do you think you could do what they do? Well, if I trained, I could. I said, no, no, you couldn't. No, you couldn't. <laughs> No, yeah. you couldn't. But we sit back and we either forget or we just dismiss how difficult it is to do what a lot of these people do. So I try to pride myself on not being that guy as I get a little bit older. Just not. I'm just not going to be that guy. Yeah, be a little more empathetic. Last point, Trevor Story did not get traded. What in the world? Well, so this is Go figure quote. that out. And when you do, send me, some, send me a <laughs> telegraph on how, I mean- so this is his quote. I'm confused and I don't really have anything good to say about the situation and how it unfolded. I agree, Trevor. I'm confused. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I don't have anything good to say. Either. Here's my take on that. I'm confused as well. They mm -hmm. didn't call me and ask me. The only thing I can think of is that, I mean, Trevor hasn't had a great year by yeah. Trevor standards. He hasn't been very good offensively. Um, he was nicked up and he hasn't been as good as he's been defensively. And so maybe the trade market, the value, the Rockies, we're seeking, maybe they couldn't get that. And maybe they just didn't want to get involved in another lopsided deal like they did with Nolan because they got roasted with how the Nolan thing turned out. Uh, I mean, basically, you got Austin Gomber and you know, a couple of prospects, and you had to pay the Cardinals $50 million. So Maybe, I don't know. The only thing I can think of, and it doesn't make any sense, but I, this popped into my mind, maybe because what they could get in return for Trevor, given how he played this year, was not what they thought uh, was worth it. And thus they said, rather than get skewered again mm -hmm. for trading Trevor's story, maybe their idea is, you know what? We might be able to convince him between now and the end of the year to stay with the deal. Maybe. Now, you know, Trevor's comments about him being confused and if I have nothing good to say about it would lead me to believe that that's not a possibility right now. But that's what I think if I had to offer pure conjecture what the Rockies were thinking when they didn't deal. We don't like any of the offers we got. We're not giving this guy away. Hell, we'll try and convince him to stay as the season goes on. As we on the podcast, you mentioned I probably would be a good therapist. Is there any problems that you need some help on? As we end the podcast. Any problems? No. My driving has been excellent. Uh-huh. I haven't had a speeding ticket for quite some time, which I'm proud of. You don't get tickets, do you? Oh, yes, I do. Do you really? Oh, yes, I do. Yes. I haven't had one recently, but I've been known to try to get to a place a little quicker than maybe I should. Uh-huh. So, no, I, I think I'm uh, football's right around the corner. Okay. The high school season uh, is going to start here shortly. Let's When's hope your first game? 
The first game is Thursday, August like twenty whatever sixth or seventh. So coming up, you know, coming up in about three weeks. Let's hope that kids are, you know, what's going to happen? Are they going to class? They wearing masks? Let's just hope that we can get through, you know, a, a fall season and everybody starting with little ones to middle school to high school to college and professional athletes. Everybody can get outside and play and have a reasonably normal fall. Agreed. See you next week. Abba. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is pulling you in the center of the action with endless ways to make it rain this week. Sports betting has never been this convenient. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from anywhere the app is available. And if you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new players a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code LOGAN, my last name. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting to betting on your favorite players they really do it all check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day this week to cash in on their daily odds boosts new boosts are posted every single day for all the biggest sporting events DraftKings is safe reliable and secure it's really easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money whenever you want to download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now use promo code LOGAN L-O-G-A-N when you sign up and get up to $1,000 that's code LOGAN to get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.